Hi, I'm Mike McCarg. Hi, I'm Amy Hill. Hi, I'm Tanner Hearn. Hi, I'm Grace Vaughn, and you're listening to Some Assembly Required. Some Assembly Required. Some Assembly. First of all, I wish I knew how to play an electric guitar. And then I, <laughs> second, I wish I had one so that I could I could play a sick riff. You can play the air guitar. I can play yes. the air guitar. And we actually do have a band member. I mean, Mike can bring his band member expertise into the theme song of Some Assembly Required. But that's, you know. A lot of bass. It's going to be a lot of bass. A whole lot of bass. That's funky. That's jazzy. That's what the people want. Well, hi, listeners. Hi, Cozy Robots. So Mike was just talking to us right before we started recording about scams. And we were talking about how there are tells oftentimes to scams that they show their hand. You know what I'm saying? And I was saying that I feel like I get cocky and I think to myself, oh, well, I'll never fall for a scam. (laughs) That's something that like people who aren't familiar with technology do. But I'm familiar with technology. I'm in my mid-20s. I more or less grew up with social media. I understand what it looks like when a prince from a country you don't know a lot about asks for money and then you get like a part of the kingdom or whatever. Like I feel like scams are obvious. And as I'm saying that to everyone on this record, I immediately am reminded of the time when I was in college, I had a very important paper to turn in and I had waited until the last minute to to finish writing it. And the rough draft was taking me longer than I thought it was going to. And I was at the kitchen counter in my apartment, frantically proofreading and finishing up the last page of it to go print it out at the library because my printer wasn't working. So it was this whole thing. I was going really fast because it was a long walk from my apartment to library, yada, yada, yada. As I'm doing this, I'm looking for the sources that I had used earlier when I had finished my research. And in doing that, I accidentally type in, you know, you know how when you accidentally type in something that's close to a very, very popular website, but not at all. Yes. Um, that and you you misplace one period or one letter, whatever. That's what I did. But instead of it going to like a weird website where I immediately know, okay, just whatever, no big deal, move on, close out, my entire computer starts to emit a siren noise. No. And the thing on, Mike is nodding for listeners. Mike is nodding because he he would have known in seconds it was not real, but I didn't. It starts emitting like, like a whoop, whoop. And on my computer, it says Google and it has all, it has all the logo and the accoutrement of something that matters and is notable. And, and it's saying like, you have downloaded a virus and we, Google, want to help you get rid of it. First of all, that doesn't make any sense. That doesn't, but you must understand the headspace I was in. I was not, I was not on Netflix and suddenly this happened. I was like, my blood was already pumping, trying to get something done. So in a desperate attempt to fix this and get my paper printed, I followed the link to like the help desk that they they so kindly provided. <laughs> oh man. So weird because normally there's no way to contact Google. Right. No, there's never any way to contact <laughs> one of the biggest companies in the entire world. You just couldn't but ever do if that. If you download something you shouldn't, 
they're just immediately available. Right. Well, they're right there and they'll make your your computer like blow up basically and <laughs> vibrate and make loud noises. Um and there were it was so scary. Like it was so scary. Well, I know I sound 95 years old, but it was so scary. And uh anyway, I You took a sip of your prune juice <laughs> and then... I ate some of my uh grapefruit and some oval tea. <laughs> And I threw away that old copy of AARP into the trash. And I said, okay, all right, I'm ready. So anyway, I get on the phone with this really eloquent young guy. um, And he was like, hi, um, it's so nice to talk to you. Like, what I'm going to need is access into your computer. So I have remote control. And then I can delete the virus. Classic. Classic. (laughs) It's like the greatest hits of scammers right here. And this is the first Top time that Grace scammers. met Mike. <laughs> yeah. So I, um, yeah, I was years away from meeting people who would actually know that that would like potentially ruin my life if someone had access to like important documents, like, you know, credit card and social security and like whatever. Um, I let this person who I'm thinking is trying to help me into my computer. Oh I am, gosh. by the way, crying because I'm late to print this paper. Did you at least ask him to proofread that for you so that you know? <laughs> it was like, and and really quick, can I like quickly run my thesis by you and see what you think? But anyway, at the time, I was dating a young man who was going to school literally for cybersecurity. <laughs> Thank God. But I called him crying, saying, like, you're never going to believe what's happened to me. I've downloaded a virus. He was, like, doing something. But I needed, like, emotional support. So I'm like, I'm just going to be late turning this in. And this professor is, like, a hard ass when it comes to deadlines. And I've totally fucked it up, blah, blah, blah. And he goes, wait, wait, stop, stop, stop. What did you do? What did you do? And I was like, yeah, I just downloaded this stupid virus. But this awesome guy is like helping me. And he goes, Grace, get off the phone. Get off the phone. Get off the phone. And uh, I I forget what he told me to do. But he was basically like, you have to. It's not real. It's not real. He's Because I could see on my screen this person, the scammer, was like moving my mouse around and like going through stuff. And basically the idea is, he told me later, that he was like in implanting a thing into my computer so that he could then take data and make it look like he's removing malware or whatever but really he's like leaving a tear like a a bomb and i start crying harder i'm like really and he's like yes really (laughs) it's worse than you think it is it's like okay okay so i eventually got him out of the computer and i like called the actual help but because my ex-boyfriend knew how to do the cleansing of the laptop he was able to come over and help me and then you know then we i think we eventually went to like a i don't know some kind of actual physical help desk at like a best buy or something i don't know what we did so long story long that is my history with scamming and every time I get to a point in my life where I think I will never fall for it, I, I have to remember that moment. It was my big old slice of humble pie. <laughs> that is the literal opposite of my scammer stories. Like literal <laughs> opposite. Yeah, because you, Mike. I used to I, hunt them. I know. I, 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 well, I don't know because you're just telling me this now and I don't know that about you, but I could have, if we were on like a game show and someone was like, okay, out of these two options, does Mike 
allow scammers to scam him <laughs> unknowingly <laughs> or does he hunt them and toy with them like the cat <laughs> does with a wounded mouse i would go with the cat mouse thing i was an it manager and they would call employees of the company and freak them out but because i told people if your computer does anything weird never ever ever click the link or call the person or whatever call me right yeah so occasionally they get a scammer on the phone and then they and then they would call me because they're like, oh wait, no, I'm supposed to call the IT guy. Yeah. And then I I figured out there was this pattern, and so I would tell him about if you get one of these alerts, like call me immediately. And uh, so I set up what's called a virtual machine. So I would run an operating system inside a container on a server, and then I would put that server in what's called a DMZ on a firewall, a demilitarized zone. So it had no access to anything on our network. So it's I, I'm putting a container in a container. Then I would take the URL that triggered the alert and open it on that VM. And then I would call and I'd always make sure it was like some old out-of-date operating system that was barely supported. <laughs> and I would pretend to be an old and confused senior adult. Perfect. And I would load the computer up with files, but all the files would have malware payloads in them. <laughs> My so God. I, I could gain control of the attacker's computer. I could encrypt their drive. I would move through entire call centers and shut the whole oh call center down. Oh my gosh! Um, and then that's like a thing that like is popular on YouTube now. And I was like, I was I've doing this that. stuff year, like years yeah. and years yeah. and years ago. And I, I, it used to be like my thing before I was ever even doing ad stuff. I did tech stuff. And if you Google, I love you virus mike mccarg i love you all one word you'll find really really old news articles where i was at kind of the forefront of counterattacking a virus that what? that that event culminated with the fbi coming to get me from my office oh my gosh the same day they like walked into the lobby of my company and and we're like we're here for mike mccarg and my boss comes out and says well i'm his boss can i help you and the FBI agent looks at my boss and says, are you Mike McCarg? And he said, no. And he said that you can help by getting Mike McCarg right now. <laughs> Holy God damn. Because the I Love You virus was a visual basic script that like messed with your registry and then propagated itself to other computers. And I'm like, this is like an open source virus? Like we hadn't really had a script based virus before. Maybe, maybe Melissa was an earlier worm that was uh, VB based. Anyway, it was kind of a new attack vector. But I realized I could fork the script and use it to counterattack the effects the virus had done. So I basically wrote a counterattack worm that would go fix mail servers that got broken, fix infected clients, and then pop up a message that what it done and had my contact information to try to help network admins. But the virus <laughs> had infected the FBI's network. Oh my God. And so people in Quantico, Virginia get a message on their <laughs> computer. <laughs> <laughs> no. So then their first suspicion was that I wrote the I love you virus and yeah. wrote the counter virus as like a uh to make myself a legit cybersecurity researcher and I was just a kid in Tallahassee, Florida who had no I like just trying to be helpful. So uh wow. anyway, Grace you and I have subtly different experiences with pop-up messages. I caused them. <laughs> yeah, and by the way, this is this was in the past. I now know not to do those things. But you know, the, the context of the situation, the stress of the situation, there's not a lot that I can do to justify allowing a scammer to run my computer as someone who like should super know better. But anyway, it was I was super stressed. However, when a scammer comes to me, the great 
comparison I can make is like I'm in a fishing boat and a pirate ship comes by and not only takes the fish, but also like the pearls and like cuts through my my canoe, basically like cuts it in half. When the scammers go to Mike's ship, Mike is Bluebeard. Is that the <laughs> pirate? And they don't know. I would prefer that the fishing ship is a ruse attached to a nuclear attack submarine below the surface. <laughs> <laughs> yes. They pick up like the the money bag and it trips off a wire that alerts the submarine that it's time to launch the missiles. <laughs> That's that is the difference. That's the difference. Have you seen the YouTube uh, videos? Mikey referenced them. Have you seen the ones where they hunt the cyber criminals and whenever they're on the call with the person, they actually have gained access to the attackers webcams. And so they take a photo of the scammer and put them on a folder on like the per like my computer as an example. Um, so that when the scammer is looking through folders on on like the victim's computer, they find photos of themselves That's horrifying. sitting in their chair. Nice. And so it's like they get super freaked out. Oh, it's, a, it's a good one. That was clever. The closest I ever came in my life, I did get webcam access, but I, it didn't occur to me to like show them the webcam. So I would like, now how does this all, how does it, I, you're telling me to what with Google? What are you? <laughs> and then I would say, uh, and but what's, uh, what's that on your shirt? Is that? ketchup <laughs> you know like there's like a little sauce on the guy's thing it's like i thought you could probably get that out with seltzer and then there's like what are you what are you talking about and i would go on and on about the shirt and then the color of the shirt and then the background of it like, is that your friend and slowly that would dawn on them that i was watching them oh my god <laughs> and uh and then i would go hey before you disconnect it's way too late for that and I would like use my normal voice. Wow. And, and you turn around in your spinny chair and you're stroking a Persian cat and you go, <laughs> there's someone else in the house. Yes. Well, I always wait to say that until I had kernel access to every node on their network. And then I would just start encrypting the disks. And I was like, hey, you're, you're, you're shut down. And in, occasionally I get lucky. They'd have an unpatched motherboard and I'd actually put password on the bias so they can't even reset the machine without pulling the motherboard battery. Mike, you could for sure be making all of that up. And I, I'm over here like, yep, you got to do it with the motherboard. <laughs> Encrypt, dude. Encrypt. That's what I've been saying since day fucking one. Encrypt. You could literally be making up these words. Like, I, <laughs> you got to razzle-dazzle them, dude. Like, you got to take that sprinkle and you have to waft, man. I've been saying that since time began. You got to waft. I love that we went from encrypting to razzle-dazzling. And, like, they just are the same thing to Grace and me. That's what we call the Grace effect. <laughs> the Grace yep. effect. The fastest line you can draw between encryption and razzle-dazzle is definitely grace. Well, all the Cozy Robots out there listening right now, Mike is back. Mike is back and joining us uh, for this podcast and actually was back for episode 10. I know. You need an entrance with like smoke and a light show. I just realized I just that was too old a song for Grace. Yeah, I don't know what song you were singing, but I... Guess who's back? Oh, back again. Yes. Oh, I know that one. There we go. I just did a bad job with the melody. No, no, no. It was good. It was good. Mike, you're back. Back again. And if you want to... Well, 
Okay, so if you've listened to episode 10 of Some Assembly Required, you know kind of where the team has been. I had a really gross cold for a while. It was not COVID, thank gosh. But when I get a cold, I tend to have a cold for a long ass time. And so I was coughing so much that I couldn't record any episodes of Some Assembly Required. And uh, and so that's why I was unable to do any records for a long time. But now we're back. Everyone is feeling better. And, and Mike uh, has a new blog that's available on the Discord for all to peruse and to keep I should keep write another touch. post. Write another post. Write about razzle-dazzling. Write about scamming. Seriously. I should write. Write an informational. Well, that would be a lot of research for you. But It would be literally no research. Yeah. As soon as I said <laughs> I was like, actually, I'm literally asking him to, to write about a thing he clearly knows a lot about. So it probably wouldn't be. When I used to blog, like originally, yeah. I blogged about tech and security for years second nature and i had a pretty good following and then i started blogging about spirituality and my followers are like what are you what <laughs> and they comment like hey man are you okay like <laughs> and you were like yes seriously like what what should i do with vmware esxi on my network <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. Heaven, hell, it's crazy. So I have this, <laughs> I have a, this kind of port. Yeah, I have a razzle-dazzle problem. <laughs> I need Mike's help. But I wanted to read a comment from a cozy robot. What, can I divert really quick? I really, I want us maybe just one. There's like a bunch of tech YouTubers. Mm -hmm. uh, and I would love us to do an episode of a tech show run by Grace. Where we have yes. Grace like review and explain yes. tech products and concepts and you just give me like a thing and I'm supposed to explain it. Like I just think it'd be really fun. I mean, where do I begin? And it's just a classic <laughs> stall, like stall, stall, stall. Until no one can take it it's anymore. Amazing. Just using non words with confidence because you really you do <laughs> nail the cadence of like the sentence. <laughs> yeah. Is what's funny. So like Razzle dazzle is not really like is not a term I've used heard used in tech very much, but you do say it as if it is a technical <laughs> term. So we could give you a list of words, some of which were real and others weren't, and you could just <laughs> anyway, it'd be a lot. Of fun. Well, I'll say this: this is this is a uh, digging up. It's your acting chops, is what I'm saying. <laughs> They're good. They're good. It's my acting chops just being able to. I. <laughs> you can make it sounds convincing, like whatever you're saying, because you so understand, like how people attach meaning to language, <laughs> particularly when it's spoken. That is a really nice way to say, <laughs> the, like being able to like say nonsense in a convincing way. I can't do that. I will say that this is digging up a buried memory I have of a of a game, uh, like a party game my friends and I used to play. Yes, it's a yes, it's a theater game, drama kids being really nerdy. So prepare for that. <laughs> prepare for your secondhand embarrassment. It's on its way. But we used to play this game where the whole goal was to say nothing but don't stop talking. Hmm. That sounds amazing. A creator on TikTok made a TikTok where she was specifically poking fun at NPR, but how long <laughs> it takes podcasters or interviewers to ask I've their question. Have you seen it? It's, I felt a personally attacked. <laughs> I did too, because I was like, <laughs> 
Oh my god, that's what I was doing for Gaming with Grace. I was like, why would you just go on the internet and make fun of me in <laughs> right, particular? And me at- I was doing nothing. Yeah, literally, I felt the same way, Mike, because her joke was that she was couching it in so many of her own, like she was lauding herself and like congratulating herself for things she had done, but also turning it back to the guests. And she never got to her question ever. But that is essentially what this game was. And so I'll give you a taste. I'll just go with the technology thing. Okay. So Amy, Amy, I'm trying to explain to Amy about viruses. Okay, because I don't know anything about them. Okay, here we go. I mean... You got to start with A and get all the way to Z. You know what I mean? <laughs> A, B, C, D, E, F, G, H, I, J, K, L, M, N, P, Q, R, S, T, U, V. I mean, I'll do it. Uh, you know, I'll do the whole alphabet for you. But when it, when it, what it, what it comes down to is knowing <laughs> what you need to know and and pushing out what you don't. Um, something my professor said many moons ago at this point about viruses is that this is amazing this literally sounds like a podcast (laughs) like just doing that doing it for as long as you can and saying uh, we would like not there was no point system because it was stupid and we would do it like in between classes like in the hallway but it would be better if you threw in like idioms that make no sense as to what you like two in the hand man two in the hand and then birds like it like not not even getting the idioms right while you're trying to explain the thing that you're anyway so that's a little insight into uh something that i have not thought about in a long time but that is a game that we used to play where we just literally say nonsense to one another we definitely need a quantum we need we need an episode where we all try to do this i feel like i would struggle at that i don't know Mike, Grace did viruses if we were to say like celebrity relationships. <laughs> can you can you just riff on that for 60 seconds? Not as nonsense. I immediately got like I think a pretty valid operative theory. Uh, Mike will Mike will lean on facts. Because I was gonna be like, well, I think the reason celebrities usually end up in romantic relationships with each other is because they inherently and intuitively understand what it's like to have most people know them without them knowing the person they're approaching. Their life is full of parasocial relationships, and so they need to be involved with people who understand that dynamic and the asymmetry uh, that happens when you move about the world as a person who can be recognized. But that's also something that's kind of maladaptive psychologically. So the same thing that causes celebrities to flock together socially and romantically is also the thing that destabilizes their relationships because they aren't used to uh, sharing attention and sharing power necessarily because they've been psychologically distorted by public attention and the emotional bandwidth required to react and respond to the opinions of hundreds of thousands or more strangers. See, like, that was riffing on celebrity, but none of it was nonsense. (laughs) I mean, you can do that on any topic. And it's really been your job for like six years. So I, that was unfair to give you that challenge. <laughs> let me let me put this conversation in retrograde a little bit. There was a comment from a cozy robot named Terry about Mike's last uh, episodes 10 of Some Assembly Required. And I wanted to read it because I read it and it really touched me and it made me feel all the warm fuzzy. So I want to share it. Um before we move on to celebrities and their romantic relationships, because that I actually, I want to talk about that in a second, but here we go. Uh, Terry, Terry on the discord says, I really love some assembly required. 
Also, I was stalking QSS website. Your 2022 vision is already so ambitious. A video game in three years, assuming you are already going, sounds wild. So excited for you all and sitting on the edge of my seat for when we get to celebrate your successes. Sending healing vibes to you and your family. That's in regards to Mike's uh, episode. Love, love this space. I hope you and the QSS staff continue to find peace and restoration here. And when you don't, continue to set boundaries and take steps back. I thought that was lovely. Thank you so much, Terry, for that message. Mm. Mm-hmm. Thank you, Terry. Really means a lot to read that. Terry is someone I had the joy of knowing even apart from Discord. And they are, they're the type of person where the world can be falling apart, but you're like, but there are people like Terry in it. So I have a little bit of hope that like mm. we're going to figure it out. Yeah. They're they're wonderful. It's so nice to get that. I think that's one of the things I love the most about the Discord is that Mike has described it in the past as being the fun, safe, friendly part of the internet. <laughs> and that's really what it is and continues to be. It's just there's a lot of lovely messages like Terry's on there. And I just wanted to share that. So shout out to Terry. I just realized we've been all like, Hey, we've got some really cool stuff planned, but we can't tell you about it. And then the whole time, it's just been on our website if someone goes cl- and clicks on it. <laughs> yes. <laughs> it's right well, you got to do the digging. Terry dig- did the digging. It's like not even that hidden. You just, oh, oh, that's what they're working on. Okay. It's out there. <laughs> so uh, as far as celebrity, so actually I was trying, I was going to transition into like celebrity romances, but actually this is more of a larger conversation about zeitgeist things and pop culture things. I know I've mentioned it in past episodes of Some Assembly Required, but for the first time in maybe my whole life, I've been intentionally consuming pop culture in like a regular way because as I was growing up, I was obviously like touched by pop culture in the way that you are just by turning on the TV and you know what what comes on, what your friends are talking about, that kind of stuff. But I actively sought out stuff that was no longer in the zeitgeist. I watched a lot of old movies. I read a lot of old books and I don't regret doing that. I really enjoyed that. But because of that, people will talk about uh, the nineties in this like nostalgic way that I often don't have a great reference for because I wasn't consuming that same media when it was coming out, like I didn't see a lot of the staples of my childhood and teen years. Not that I was a teenager in the nineties. I was like, that was like early two thousands for me, but I just wasn't like consuming like Downton Abbey is a perfect example. I love Downton Abbey. And if you are on the discord and you like Downton Abbey, you need to tell me because it's awesome. And I want to talk to people about it. And the second movie's coming out. I had no idea that there was like a clamoring for it, but I'm glad because I love it so much. Anyway, but that that show, down the whole Downton Abbey craze ended a, probably the year after I graduated high school. So <clears throat> it's I and I wasn't I wasn't watching it. I I wasn't consuming any of that. So now that I'm in my mid-20s, I really have put this conscious effort towards consuming pop culture and being a part of those kind of conversations. And it's been really enjoyable. And it's led to me seeing awesome art that I have really, really, really enjoyed. And some of that has included most recently, it's included Arcane, the League of Legends animated series on Netflix, which I thought was incredible and stunning. Loved it completely. And I'm currently watching Succession, 
on HBO and I'm obsessed with that too. So it's just been so, and before that midnight mass and squid game and some others. Anyway, that's a long way to get to my question for everyone here, which is, (laughs) did you go through a period where you were either denying pop culture in a, I gotta be cool. I gotta be underground. I gotta be reading all the old stuff kind of a way or was it just not in your life or were you like day one I know all the shows I know all the celebs I you know what what has been your relationship to it well if you recall from a past podcast episode I am the one who had the guardian growing up that muted all of the cuss words and put different options on the screen. So I think it's safe to say I was not hip uh, or or up to date with any pop culture references growing up. Yeah, I'm same same boat here. Like I was in a private school and it was very insulated. So in terms of like popular music, there's a bunch of music that I'm rediscovering now that I didn't listen to growing up. And uh, it's amazing. <clears throat> I'm an autistic computer nerd, so... Mm-hmm. <laughs> It's not, I've never avoided or <laughs> sought out pop culture. Yeah. It's just like things are either my special interest or they don't exist. It's kind of how right. my brain works. <laughs> right, right. I did grow the closest to like cultural relevance or savvy I probably ever had was during the 90s because I played in a grunge band. Hell yeah. During the alternative music yes. revolution. And I did go to a bunch of like shows and festivals. But even then, I, I tended to like the, the weirder bands. You know, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. and uh, and it wasn't necessarily like it's not that I don't like things that are popular. It's that I enjoy things that are unique or dissimilar to other things. So more popular TV shows, I I typically can like watch 90 seconds and OK, here's this episode. Here's what these characters are doing. Here's the plot. Here's the subplot here. You know what I mean? And I'm just right. bored. Right. And then in music, the same thing, like verse, chorus, verse, chorus, pre-chorus, bridge, chorus, chorus, end is just like not very exciting. Mm -hmm. So, you know, one of my favorite bands in high school was Primus because they didn't sound like anything else. Mm -hmm. And they seemed to be more willing to experiment with the basic structure and form of music, including have a bass guitar be the kind of lead instrument. So, yeah, I mean, I've never been anti-pop or pro-pop. But I will say, even like when I love art, I've never understood the fascination with the artist piece. Like my interest in an artist ends with their work and the application of their work. Mm. So I'm super interested in the lore about like when a song got written and how. Right. But like even artists that I really, really, really love, I don't know what city they're from. I don't know where they live now. I don't know if they're married or not. I don't care. I just like, I like that record. I like that TV show. And I've noticed that is different because Jenny, if she likes a thing, she, she, well, even if she doesn't, she like keeps track of who's dating who and who broke up and she'll like, We'll watch a movie and she's like, I can't stand this person. And I'll be like, why? And they're like, because they cheated on so-and-so she 12 knows the years ago. And I'm like, what? what? <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So... Um, well, there's, there's, like a, there's like levels to fandom, I guess. I, I don't usually... I don't... I, I'm trying to make sure that what I'm about to say is actually 
how I feel. Cause sometimes I'll be like, I'll say a thing. And then <laughs> minutes later when we've moved on, I'll be like, wait, no, that's not true. Yesterday I blah, 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 you know, but I think this is true. <laughs> Taylor Swift is in the zeitgeist. She often, often is, but now she's back in a really big way. She's like taking back ownership of the music that she made so long ago. Um, That's cool as hell. It's cool as hell. She uh, directed and wrote um, and even acted in a short film uh, based on one of her songs that she re-released. And the song is allegedly about an ex-boyfriend um, who happens to be Jake Gyllenhaal. And obviously the internet went crazy saying things like, you know, <laughs> the relationship lasted three months, but it's been, you know, however long, how many years, it's been like 10 years or something since she wrote the song and we're still talking about it. But the point is that she's releasing the music as this was a part of her life, a huge part of her life. And she's like reclaiming it as her own. And I consume the information that the song is about that person most likely, but it doesn't make me like, there's a difference between a stan and a fan, I guess. And I'm not, I don't think I stan anyone or anything. One of my daughters who shall remain nameless, we were driving in the car and she said, if I would have known Jake Gyllenhaal was grooming someone, mm. I would not have even watched him in Spider-Man. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, whoa, okay. And I was like, what? What?" Because the song was playing, and I, my response was, what are you talking about? <laughs> oh, that's amazing. <laughs> yeah, actually, because if you had no idea that he's even involved. It I was like, we're eight minutes into mouth. a pop song, and like... <laughs> My girls are both really quiet. I'm like, they must be asleep so back there. And nope, they were they were listening to lyrics and highly upset. I also love that their reference for Jake Gyllenhaal is Spider Man. Like, that's amazing. <laughs> yeah, <I guess. laughs> that's really funny too. Because he's well, I guess that's a spoiler alert for Spider Man. But anyway, yeah, it's it's just an interesting. It's interesting to see people. I saw this yet again. I'm going to ref. Well, I don't think this was a TikTok. It was just a video. Uh, but this younger woman, she looked a little bit younger than me, was classic. It was the classic, I just got worked out on my teeth and now I'm groggy and someone's going to film me. And usually those videos are really funny and this was no exception. She was like clearly out of it on pain medication. Her her mouth, she had all this like cotton in her mouth or whatever. And the dentist, she, it, something happened. Taylor Swift came up in conversation. Either she started playing it on her phone or something, but the dentist goes, oh, turn that off. Like I can't, I, I don't like Taylor Swift forever. And this person clearly was a big Swifty and and the rest of the video was her getting in this this like drugged up like argument with this dentist and she's actually keeps it pretty cool I mean I mean not she's clearly upset but for someone who's like bonked out of her mind she's like wait no like come here listen you don't like like she's like so upset uh, is a Swifty that's a Taylor Swift fan yes that's right okay Swifty sure is. The story. I am learning the vernacular as well. I didn't know if it was that or like a like a like a Walgreens Swiffer. Like oh, you know, oh look, Swifty Swifties are like they're they're a dollar cheaper than the official Swiffer, but they still go on the rod. They're you tiny know, and they reach into the you know the sides of the cabinet, and yeah, that's I mean that's a lateral move for Taylor Swift to a group of fans who just love Swift. Swiffers who are just Swiffers. like we're, we're over these little mops 
I'm not a Swifty. I'm a Swifty. Do a lot of fandoms have those kind of like yes short abbreviation names? Yes, I I learned this uh, like a couple years ago, but Ariana Grande's fans are called Arianators. Uh, Mariah Carey's fans. Quick. <laughs> yeah, that well, that one's not short, but they have names that for is their fans. Complicated. Uh, Lady Gaga's uh, fans are called Little Monsters or the Monsters, uh, and Mariah Carey's fans are they called should be the Gaggles. The what? Gaggles, Gaga, ga- Gaggles, ga- Gaggle. Anyway, sorry. The Gaggle. I like it. Let's yeah, get a it. Gaggle trending. Of that actually. A gaggle of Gagas. Like a gaggle of Gagas. Well, that sounds like a zine to me, like a cool upcoming magazine that <laughs> zine. i love she... that the term zine is still around at least <laughs> oh yeah zine well zine isn't it's still an underground thing i think zines are a zine used to be a thing like the publisher photocopied at a photocopy shop yes <laughs> like yeah, yes okay. yes that's that's still what they tend to be well as far as i know um but yeah people have all these names for their for their fan base i mean the people you said lambs were mariah carries i know I don't know where that comes from. I know people on Discord who are Mariah stands are probably upset with me right now. I don't know where that comes from, but they're called lambs. And I guess, wait, what are Britney Spears fans called? They're called points because that's the tip. That's the tip of a spear. It's saying here that the Britney <laughs> Spears fans are called the Britney Army. I'm assuming you're the out and away expert on this topic of the four people in this podcast <laughs> right now. Yeah, so me being like, right? It's like going to be met maybe... with silence. <laughs> it's like, don't know. This is something that Because like, you're like, right, me. right? And I'm like, this is all completely <laughs> new information to me. None of us know. None of us know. The one that I think is the weirdest, and I also think that the person it's about, he also has expressed like, duh, no, <laughs> is Benedict it. Cumberbatch. Do yeah. you know what his cucumbers are called? What are they called? Cucumbers? Cumberbuns. No. That's cute. I like that one better. The, cucumbers. Uh, 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 Cumberbitches? Uh, 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 sour Benedict. Patch Kids. I mean, uh, Cabbage Patch Kids. kids? Cumberbitch? Bitches? Bitches, apparently. Are they really? 300,000 Twitter followers. Wait, what are they called? Cumber bitches. Are you serious? I was just. I, was I just like joking. Amy's idea of just. <laughs> just, <laughs> just bitches. bitches. <laughs> I want those. If I ever do something that gives he me fans, like that's what bitches. I want my fans to be. Just bitches. Well, and Beyonce's fan group is called the Beehive. We all knew this. I did not. Uh, but what I didn't know is that Billie Eilish's fans um have gone through many different name changes at this point they were originally called avocados avocados makes more sense to call them eyelashes i guess uh but then most recently they've referred to themselves as pirates inspired by eilish's middle name i don't know what her middle name is apparently pirate (laughs) is that her middle name redbeard maybe something like gold pirate eilish billy gold what is her middle name? What is Billie? <laughs> this is I what the episode about is Billie today. Eilish. I don't either. Grace, what name. um, what are your? Fans I may mean, have heard called? her music. What are my fans called? Yeah. yeah, I would like to know. Yeah, um, probably the Grace Cadets, like Space Grace Cadet, Cadets. but Grace. That's solid. Or that's the good. Amazings is like Amazing Grace. That one's kind of, I mean, that's steeped in religion. So maybe we move away from that one. I, I, don't, I don't know if my fan base is religious. Grace Cadets. Uh, yeah, it's pretty amazing. I'll be a Grace Cadet. Her literal middle name is Pirate. Why did I think it was anything else? 
That's dope as shit. I, I really thought it was something like Pereira or something. But no, it's it's <laughs> That is Grace, such I'm an gonna awesome start calling name. you Pereira from here on out. <laughs> Pereira. That's what you call Grace fans. They're Pereiras. Yes. That and that sounds yes. like a part of a flower um at best and a disease at worst. So <laughs> so we'll see how long that one lasts. That's amazing. Hey, here's a question, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> um, Discord moderator Sean, shout out to Sean, threw a question in the hopper recently. And this is kind of taking us back to the whole conversation about growing up, being kids, pop culture. What did we want to do when we grow up? That's actually not what we talked about, but that's what Sean's question is. Sean asks, uh, what was the first answer you had to the quote unquote, what do you want to do slash be when you grow up question? And Amy, I'm going to throw this to you first. Does anything come to mind immediately? Oh, yeah. Oh, no. I was very staunchly going to be an archaeologist. That is so cool. Well, it was for the sole reason that I loved my rock tumbler. <laughs> um, oh, that's cool. I love I did, that. I did not have many friends. I would spend my days in my basement. <laughs> like getting all the rocks I collected and throwing them in my tumbler. Uh, I oh, did not realize rocks. at the time that I would have to understand science to be an archaeologist. And when my parents asked me to drop chemistry because of the many panic attacks I had while trying to understand, I realized I, I wasn't going to go into anything scientific. So I quickly grew out of my archaeologist phase. But for a long time, I would have my rock tumbler with me. And that is not the same thing as being an archaeologist. But little Amy did not know that. That was it. That was the dream. There you go. I did not know what a rock tumbler was until just now. Oh, you have not lived. Or you have not lived. I think you just I wish I had a rock tumbler. (laughs) (laughs) Or you lived with with friends and you went outside. And yeah. Amy, I had a rock tumbler um, myself. And, yes. you know, many an hour yes. spent polishing right? stones. I know. And you, you could tell I loved it because I was willing to brave our scary basement because that's where I had to keep it. Oh, and I would go down yep. the scary basement to get my toolbox out that had all my rocks in it. Yes. And decide which one I was going to polish up today. Uh, that, that's was, great. that was my childhood. That's wonderful. I love that. So clearly I don't yeah, know I really anything about pop culture. Uh, I feel like the more I talk, the more it becomes very clear. I'm trying, but you know a lot about, God damn it. I was going to make like a nod towards a joke, but it just fell through. <laughs> I was like, well, rock pop, pop rocks. <laughs> there you go. Pop, oh, there you rock go. pop. No. I rocked out sense. my childhood with my oh, rock tumbler. Oh, that was good. There you go. You saved there it you for go. me. You're welcome. I don't know that I did, but I said something. Did uh, Tanner and Mike, did you also have science on the brain when you were children when people asked you what you wanted to do what do you think (laughs) yeah that was uh yeah (laughs) about when i was five i would tell people i wanted to be a biomedical engineer nice because i wanted to work on cybernetic human augmentation Mm -hmm. and when i was six i started working on a design and a prototype for I'd read in popular science that there was a new type of polymer that would uh, fold when exposed to light. And I thought you could draw those out in fibers and then illuminate them to replace human muscles and people who've been injured. And then hopefully if you could create enough high enough dexterity, it could actually be better than the original hardware on a person. So I started studying, I'm talking first grade, 
like anatomy charts and then I realized like, okay, it'd be hard to just graft an arm onto a person because our musculature in your shoulder is involved in an arm. So this can be really hard. And then I started learning about the polymers, like will only fold a couple of times and they have to be chemically recharged. And I'm like, okay, so this actually isn't that better than organic tissue. And then I realized I would have to know a lot about computing and biology to do that. And I wasn't sure if I could be effective at two disciplines. So I pivoted fully by third grade. Now that I had a program, I didn't know what it was called, but I wanted to create the first sentient artificial intelligence. And I had a disc I carried around with me with my code on it, where I was trying to make a program that was aware of itself and trying different approaches and methodologies to that. But who didn't do that in third grade? I know. I was about to say, like, spelling bee. Easy peasy. Razzle dazzle. By third grade, we are trying to create artificial life. That's kind of a... That's kind <laughs> well, of I mean, a I did, I did by do. fifth grade, I did create and won a computer fair. Oh, my gosh. I created a simulation of basically a Petri dish with different organisms in it that would compete and evolve and... Yeah, but I I was frustrated because it worked pretty well as a system and I did win an award for it and got to give a a lecture at a university. In fifth grade? grade? Yeah, one of my first public speaking events. That's amazing. Wow. Science Mike, fifth grade science Mike. But my capacity to create a self-aware piece of software was always uh, met with utter failure. But I spent hours and hours and hours on it. Um, and then abandoned it late in eighth grade because girls started to become really interesting in a way they had not been previously. And I wanted to apply my time to something more likely to garner their attention. And believe it or not, my uh, functioning Petri dish program wasn't a real hit with uh, the girls at raw middle school. So. Well, also, and they're already alive, so there's no work to be done, you know? Like, it's either yeah. stay in your room and try to make something talk back to you or, or you know, all the people who are sentient. That's amazing. I'm pretty sure fifth grade girls are just looking for someone at a computer fair, so. That's totally, yeah. I mean, that, was, that was definitely my experience. Uh, the opposite, actually. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. then I learned to play the bass guitar and got a girlfriend really quickly. It was amazing. There you go. That did remind me in the fifth grade, I had the cool teacher who we had all the computers and I, this was early 90s. And so like, you didn't have computers in school at that time. But we for field day had to make t shirts. And our we were the he was Mr. Fleck, we were the flex funky floppies. And he said over and over again, do not misspell these words. And I didn't get it. <laughs> I was thinking that. Unless he was very afraid we were going to be like the fucking we're the floppy, floppy dis. We're the f- <laughs> so he was afraid that we were all going to walk out with fuck on our t-shirt. Um, That's funny. Describing floppy disks. Which just aged me. But anyway. Grace, do you know what a floppy disk is? I have her tell. I did have a typing class in school, in high school. And I wonder if, no, I'm sorry, in middle school. And I wonder if people still do that. I don't think my little, my youngest sister is in high school. And she, I don't think she's had to take a typing class, which is interesting to me. Because I still have to. You still have to type, but I guess the idea is now that everyone has a computer at home, you're kind of practicing it anyway. Is that the idea behind that? I had a typing class, I want to say starting in elementary school, and we had our own floppy disk, and we had to keep our, I don't know what it was, a text file maybe? 
on the floppy disk and then we would type out charts and it made me a good typist. That's how I learned about Novell as an operating system. The typing class was a Novell network with the dumb terminals hmm. and it was really a restricted environment and I couldn't do the stuff I wanted to do on the computer. So uh, on the library machine, I, uh, anyway, it's a long story. I ended up taking over the typing <laughs> network. I understood none of the words that just came out of your mouth. Because they let you carry your own and it drove me crazy because everyone called them hard disks, but a three and a half inch floppy disk is a floppy disk with a hard plastic shell, but it's definitely a floppy disk anyway. Right. Uh, but I I used that to take over the network. And then did you have it become the self-typing AI writing letters that would eventually take over the world? <laughs> I did uh, run a simulation that let me do whatever I wanted, and I had a keystroke that would flip over, and it would ignore my key commands and just keep doing what looked like it, because she would walk in a circle around oh, the room to watch Oh, my people. God. And so I had it timed if you're out of line of sight, so like I would do whatever I wanted to do, and then when I was in sight, command tab, not command tab, that's a different keystroke, but I had a, a different keystroke, and it looked like I was typing as soon as she was gone, I'd tap back out and do what I want to do. That's amazing. Which, honestly, what I was doing was writing code. Very cool. Uh, <laughs> so you were kind of doing the thing that, I mean, you were going above and beyond as far as the typing thing goes. Well, I could already type really fast, but it like it what felt, I hated like, because it would list text, you had to type the text there. Right. Mm -hmm. I was like, why do I waste keystrokes on text that's already on screen? Right. Like, this is a waste of my and everyone's time. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> right. That would have been, like, a really innovative thing back in the day to essentially do a pre-Google recapture in elementary schools around the U.S. Well, I mean, there's a lot of stuff I did like that. I would prank my computer teacher all the time because I would write a command prompt that ran inside the command prompt that would run code and pass it to the S, but not everything, so that it would do funny stuff when he was trying to teach the class. Um, <laughs> and then he couldn't figure it out because it looked looked like a proper command prompt, but I'd written a fake command. And I got him for months before he figured out what was going on. Oh, my gosh. Wait, Mike, were you the class clown? Was I the class clown? Comes out. I mean, I definitely, if I liked teachers, I would prank them, but in relatively sophisticated ways. You know, I was trying to figure out how to have friends. And so I, everyone's heard the story of me, like, learning to have a sense of humor. <laughs> but then when I got into high school and I was playing in bands, I was studying, like, what makes rock figures compelling to audiences and i would just study that i would watch documentaries about different rock stars and then i would just like emulate their behaviors on campus and it worked wow it worked yeah we had a really popular band but i would like i would climb up on the school and like walk from class to class on the roof <laughs> i don't know like just randomly just do weird stuff, give speeches, anything. I just tried to like at any moment figure out how to do something that was unconventional, but not technically forbidden in the school disciplinary nice. conduct. So like if the mm -hmm. assistant principal would like, hey, what are you doing? I like literally kept the school guidebook on me to be like, well, I'll comply with your instruction, but nothing I just did was outside of the rules. Mike, this is what I'm picturing as you're telling this story. Leather jacket. Collar turned up, sunglasses on inside, sitting way far back in the chair. When the teacher goes, Mike, do you have your homework? You like sitting on it like how cops do to see like in the scenes where it's good cop, bad cop. The good cop sits in like the chair backwards or whatever. That's how you're sitting. And, and then the teacher says like, you know, where's your homework? You like reach up and it's behind her ear. And you like drop it <laughs> and, and the whole class like applauds. And then you and then you go like, no worries, teach. 
and then you slide out there on your wheelies. I'm not that old. Apparently, you're picturing me in like Rebel Without a Cause. <laughs> <laughs> you're like, so Mike, you drove a 57 Chevy to school? And like um, the Breakfast Club? Or like, Greece? <laughs> like, I wore Airwalks. Sick. And That's awesome. Giant Jinko jean shorts. Yep. Giant. And uh, skater t shirts. That's awesome. Yes. That's in, by the way. That's very in. And also, that's just how I see cool people throughout time. <laughs> so you being like, oh, you know, you're talking about James Dean or something. That's way before me. I'm like, no, that's how I. Super long hair with an undercut. That's still cool. Well, Tanner, what was your profession? What did everyone say? Like Tanner's going to be, you know, what comes to mind? I actually was looking at photos this past weekend. And there was a photo of me in kindergarten and they had selected eight students and we were eight different professions. So there was like nurse and a doctor and all these different people. And I was the farmer mm-hmm. and I I have a memory of that day. And I was like, all of the other ones are so much cooler. <laughs> and so I didn't really want to be the farmer. No offense to any farmers out there. I really appreciate what you love doing. And since then, like, I, you know, I don't have a green thumb. I can't keep plants alive. So just like anything, it's all about interest. But I think then it kind of moved towards music. So I got into music for a long time. And then that kind of led me to design and that led me to technology and that led me to business. So there's kind of been this thread of creative stuff like music technology and business and that's kind of been Hmm. actually what's ended up being my thing that i do and it all started with farming it really all started on that farm (gasps) oh this is this is a real photo (laughs) that's a real photo mike okay so everyone listening i don't recognize your face i would not know that that's you also that fit i'll speak as a gen z right now oh my gosh that fit drips you got drip (laughs) that slaps holy i would wear that that's awesome do we have permission to put this in discord when we release the episode if nobody shares it on the rest of the internet sure you could i think discord has spoiler images now you could do a spoiler image but someone could save it and then share it elsewhere i've somehow managed to keep all pictures of me in my youth off the internet Mm -hmm. nice this entire time so this is from 1995 very nice is it yeah well you can see the it's an older photo so there's the time stamp like the date on it Mm. like in the (laughs) non-digital that was me playing a show mike a year after this picture was taken no i know i was born you were born in 96? Yes. Oh, wow. That's the year I graduated high school. Wow. And you were killing it. This picture. So wait, <laughs> let's let's describe. Let's describe. So for everyone listening, this is a picture of Mike. He he looks like perhaps the the demon of rock and roll has possessed his body. <laughs> well, that's a red eye that used to happen with cameras before they had their own intelligence. It makes the picture so sick because it looks like his eyes are like molten. Like it, it looks like rock has like infused his body. Awesome red guitar, like cherry red guitar. Bass guitar. Incredible fit. And were you singing in this picture? Is that the, or were you just in Rapture of the Rock? No, 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 just 
It's just Rapture the Rock. That is so sick. I have, I have to point out that there are two females sitting in this photo and they do not have curly hair. They have crimped hair to help set the stage for the time period that this is. The ladies all have crimped hair. If anyone else out there had their little crimper, which I did, I am seeing it show up in this photo. I'm realizing why you think. My, okay, so I'm not in Rapture. My hair's really long. And I've just come out of a headbang, right? Oh, I, okay. So if you zoom in, I see the long hair. There's like one long tendril on your face. Yeah. So I'm seeing that. Okay, but yes. But it's been in motion because when I was playing, I was oh, either headbanging or yeah. I would windmill my hair around. Yep. Why haven't you done that in an Ask Science mic? There's none left. <laughs> It's dark behind you, so no. I can't see. But if I'm at, if I know that and I'm looking, I can see that your hair is like in movement. You have been headbanging. Yeah, this is forensics. So somewhere else on stage, there was another person playing guitar. Yes, and that person is me. Oh my god! <gasps> Look at that. Oh my god! Your friend rocking the Hollister. That is so dope. Oh my gosh, first of all, these fits would slappity slap nowadays. I mean, they're back in fashion. <laughs> okay, wait, I wish I had a picture of me with a guitar and an awesome outfit. I don't. I would add it to the... Okay, so everyone listening, if you're confused, Tanner has thrown a piece of memorabilia into the ring, a picture of himself on stage playing guitar. I'll post mine to Discord. I don't have a problem with it. This is amazing. Oh my gosh. Tanner, you're so young. Mike, we should release your photo, but just a different name on it. And so only people who listen to this episode know that it's you. It's a secret. It's Bob McFargle. I got, I got one more. I didn't know I had these pictures. And I've been trying to find a picture, not of me, but of my first car, which I love to this day. Oh, that is Because it was sick. a 1986 Toyota <laughs> nice. Tercel. Nice. That car rocks. <laughs> also, I can, a, see, it, I can see the mic in this picture better. I can I can tell that it's Mike from this picture. It's awesome. Long hair. <laughs> Look, no, forget me. Look at the back of the car. It has these like <laughs> yes. little. <laughs> it's amazing. Yes, it's so awesome. On the back window. Okay, that wait, car I'm... would do zero to sixty in nine minutes. <laughs> That's amazing. That is, <laughs> that is incredible. It was like a single cylinder. <laughs> It actually, when I got it, it ran really rough, and it turned out only two of the four cylinders fired. So you're not far off. I used to drive it on a sidewalk because it was so small. Mm -hmm. Probably not strictly legal. I can't get over this Tanner picture. <laughs> <laughs> That's a sweet Les Paul. Yeah, I, I loved it. I loved it. I knew, in, in high school, I knew one guy with a Les Paul. And everybody who played hated him because he had a Les Paul. Because nobody could imagine like having a Les Paul. Like your dad, if your dad was like a good guitar player, your dad might have a Les Paul. But wow. nobody had a Les Paul. Mine was not a name brand Les Paul, but it was still a Les Paul. Well, I can't find any pictures of me from high school, but... That should be easy for you. Your whole life's been digital. I didn't start like... <laughs> this could have been a social thing too, but I didn't start taking like group pictures with me well okay here's a picture okay this one's very embarrassing but i will share it this was a promotional picture oh my god share <laughs> share no more commentary share okay i'll explain 
once it's been put in also the at this point i think we're gonna have to post these photos otherwise half of the episode will yeah be. it's gonna be a word episode yeah well and i'll have to blur out the per the other person's face in mine because there's a cast member with me but okay here's a picture god this is so embarrassing but here you go yes <laughs> so yes, this please. is Yes, this please. is a picture from Oklahoma when I was in high school. <laughs> That's amazing. That's amazing. <laughs> that expression. Clearly, the director has told me to look at him stupidly. Um, and so I did that. <laughs> I complied. <laughs> So that's a picture from high school. And yeah, that's me playing Ada Annie at the director's house in her front yard. We took these promotional pictures for the summer. Is that actually your hair or is that a wig? That's my hair. Wow. My hair used to be very, very, very long. And then I shaved it off. As a face blind person, it is relatively difficult to believe that is you. <laughs> <laughs> because the hair is so different yeah i had real long hair for a really long time and then i cut it really short after like the first two years of college and i it's been short ever since but i would like to go back to those long hair days hmm. really um oh my gosh amy i had to <gasps> take an actual photo and take a picture of it <laughs> Because I don't have any digital photos. Track this and feel. Little Amy doing long jump, which I was not good at. I forgot we were even recording a podcast. I've gotten so many of these pictures. <laughs> Sorry, everybody. <laughs> Amy, describe describe this picture for the listeners. Although, I mean, I can post it. This is me doing long jump, which I was really bad at. But one time they announced that I won. And I was like, that's not true. And so I told them that they made a mistake. And they're like, oh, my gosh, I can't believe you're so honest about that. I'm like, it's just track and field. Like, <laughs> no one's going to believe I won this. They all saw me jump. But um, oh, I, I couldn't. Gosh. I wasn't coordinated. So I did running sports because you don't have to be able to catch anything. Fair. Wow. Wow. Ridiculous. I believe I can fly. That's what I'm getting from this picture. <laughs> so it ran through my head every time. Apparently, Mike wanted to be a bassist. I wanted to be the guitarist. <laughs> you wanted to be a theater star. Grace, you haven't answered yet. Oh, yeah. So I was thinking about this. And most of my life, I really was like, oh, I'm going to act. I'm going to like be in movies and stuff like that. But my interests have since changed. However, when I was very young, I was remembering that when I was very young, I was obsessed with Animal Planet, watching all the nature shows, and I really was into the social and behavioral culture of lion prides, and I very much wanted to go on a safari and actually be the people who, like, tag the lions and follow them. Yes. I wanted to be the person who, like, turns around in the in the Jeep and goes, yes. we haven't seen Red Eye in five years, but we finally located him near the banks of the, you know, like, I wanted to be that person so, <laughs> so bad that I, um, I did a lot of research about lions for, like, months where I, we went to library and I would just get all these books about lions. I learned about, like, their, like, social proclivities, like how... You know, I actually only retained some really like sad, dismal facts about lions, so I won't share them because oh, they'll no. just bring down the mood. But, um, but yeah, I was just like, I'm gonna like learn all about it. But like, very similar, actually, 
incredible, like exactly like Amy, I realized that doing that involves like a lot of science and math and like knowing yep. all these biology and stuff. Yeah. So I very quickly lost interest in doing that kind of a thing. But yeah, for a while I wanted to do that. For a while, I also wanted a pet cow. So you can't let kids make huge decisions. You know what I mean? You can't make them, you can't let them make mm. life changing decisions and give them some time to grow. Cause I did want a pet cow for a long time. <laughs> As you were saying all that, you were building up. I really been studying lions and I, da, 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 da. I thought you were going to say, and I really wanted to be an alpha lion. I wanted, and that's when I realized just in my work and my everyday, you would have been Tiger Queen. Tiger Queen. <laughs> Well, recently Lady Gaga for the House of Gucci movie that she's in, she was telling an interviewer, I believe it was for this movie, she was telling an interviewer how she studied cats, house cats, lions, tigers, pumas, like all these different kinds of cats for her role. And the interview was shared in a tweet and the tweet said something along the lines of like, I love like how unhinged this is. And someone quote tweeted, it was like, bro, this is just how actors talk. Like, this is literally just because she's like, I studied the way that the house cat seduces, how the tiger makes love, how the panther professes. Like, you know, that's how that's Lady Gaga. She's an <laughs> actress. Like, that's how actors are. That's what they I don't know. I think that's so I, I having gone to acting school. I can attest to that being true. <laughs> like, that's how a lot of actors talk about. <laughs> and her performance is apparently really good. So there you go. Study house cats. Quantum Studios needs to now produce a show about lions so that Grace can fulfill oh, her lifelong dream. Gosh. But just like as an actor. So she so you can uh, say your line. David Attenborough. But yes, but American and a lady and yes. 25 and just being like you can do it yeah talking about lions i would love to do that you can find the lost lion on the tv show <gasps> the lost and lion oh my gosh oh, i that's like what the it's ring called. that has the lost lion with grace vaughn well speaking of rings uh <sighs> god damn it i can't it. wait to hear where this goes this is this speaking is of rings nowadays you hear them all over town the ring-a-ling-ling -ling of sleigh bells. It's almost nice. Christmas time. Everybody. Nice. <laughs> that was like, amazing. Nice. That was amazing. Nice. <laughs> nice. And so anyway, that brings me to my final transition of the evening, everyone. And it is this. Because you were about to are listening. This is a call for holiday-themed audience questions. We have a great list of audience questions. If you sent in audience questions for the show, I have them on my list. We will get to them. But I was thinking... For the month of December, I don't know, it might be fun to think of some things. Give us question questions, Christmas <laughs> questions to remember for the month of December. Give us, that's actually really hard to say. Christmas I like, I like questions. Christmas questions. Christmas questions. Oh, I used to have a speech impediment Christmas. and that's how I would say my R's. I would say, can we go to Orbeez? Oh. oh my gosh. It, apparently there is a speech impediment that is just called adorable. It's called adorable? No, I mean, if you say oh. Arby's. <laughs> like, My I'm mom like... is a speech therapist, and I didn't know. I, I literally believed you. And I've literally grown up my whole life with someone whose actual profession is that. Anyway, I believed you immediately. <laughs> um, okay, so send in your holiday-themed questions in the Some Assembly Require channel on Discord. Tag me to make it a little bit easier for me to find the questions, but I will find them no matter what, wherever you hide. I will find the questions. Secondly, 
A reminder that book club and community night are chugging along. They're super fun. Community night happens on Monday nights. Yes. Mondays at 6 Pacific. With Stephanie Tate, amazing host of that event. It's lovely. Games are played. Chats are had. Mm -hmm. It's fun. It's side-splittingly funny. It's side-splittingly funny. I, I, so funny. I love... I when I'm able to attend, which hasn't been for a while because it happens very late at, for my time zone, I always have the best time. So check that out if you haven't yet. Book club meets on Thursdays. Oh, and also if you have any confusion about events happening on the Discord, check out our calendar channel on Discord. It will take you right to our public Cozy Robots events calendar. You can see what's coming up. You can plan ahead. And lastly, I want to say stay in touch with Mike via his new blog. Occasionally, Mike will post on it, and maybe you'll you'll get a tech write up soon about viruses. I should just go full full on back into tech blogging, just like you, I mean, I think the cozy robots would yes. like that. I you'll think slowly start Benjamin buttoning to where <laughs> three years you'll look like that photo again, and you'll be a bass guitarist for a band. Yes, yes. This week we'll talk about the secure enclave versus trusted platform computing modules. I'll write That's that right. one. You're That's welcome. right. <laughs> well, yeah, well, well, maybe not the 101 stuff, right, Mike? I mean, maybe we'll... <laughs> oh, my gosh. Well, that brings us to the end of the episode. I'm Grace Vaughn. <laughs> do we do it at the outro, too? No. Do we do an outro? <laughs> no. I forgot. <laughs> Can we just end it? With Grace saying, I'm Grace Bond. I, I forgot. It's been like so long since I've recorded. It's so sad. And just like really quick, I want to remind everybody, I'm Grace Bond. Follow on socials. Um, I know that there are literally three other hosts of this podcast, but just a quick, quick reminder. One of them's named Grace. And she's me. Have a great night. Grace Vaughn out. Um, also, if you're in, if you're a part of the cadets, um, I'm working on merch already. Just remember to hit That's that subscribe button back. and hit the bell. Oh my God, yeah, Smash that like, like button. Follow. Um, this oh is not gosh. an exaggeration that I do want a shirt that says Grace Cadets on it. If you can make that. <laughs> Grace Cadets. And I'll just be gibberish on the back explaining what I do that and why I have a fan base. Well, it's really hard to explain, you know, like how does anyone have a fan base, you know? <laughs> it's just like in like tiny print on the back of a yes. shirt. It's just the whole <laughs> so back dumb. of the shirt is full of gibberish explanation. <laughs> yeah, explain. It's neither it. here nor there. You threw the stone right. and the bird. Right. Crafted <laughs> exactly. It just happens. Literally, exactly. Grace, well, would you describe yourself as an external processor? Or an internal yes. processor? I, um... You know, where to begin, Mike? I... <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I I process things externally yeah. for sure. I'm also an external processor, so I. Wait, what does this mean? What does this mean? Are we computers? What's happening? No, it's like uh, <laughs> it is easier for me to think things through by saying them aloud oh. to someone else than <laughs> yep. thinking them in my own head. So that's an external yep. processor. That's right. I'm a hardcore and... internal processor. Yeah. I I what for are you, sure. Tanner? Oh yeah, Tanner. I assume internal. Yeah. 
I for sure want to tell five people about a thing before I can form an opinion on it. Right. That's, That's how we life. find our thoughts on things is right. sharing <laughs> our thoughts. It's like crowdsourcing <laughs> our opinion. When you said earlier, like you'll say something and be like, wait, that's not what I think. That is a hallmark of an external processor because you like try mm -hmm. the thought out by saying it. And then you're like, oh. actually, I would like to take that back. <laughs> <laughs> I've what tried a slippery, it, it slimy. Fit. I'm a lizard person. Oh, my gosh. I'm like... External processors can <laughs> often like verbalize them. more quickly, but not necessarily <laughs> accurately to what quickly. they're thinking. Whereas uh, internal yep. processors might yes, take a moment me. longer to speak, but once they do speak, they tend to be able to like, and this is actually what I meant. Yeah, that's uh, Tanner yeah, to that's a T, accurate. by the way. Because Tanner will say, actually, I thought, I feel like that's you too, Mike. Because before you answer something, you like sit with it for a little bit. I, it's because I'm externally processing internally. That's what I've had to learn to do is like talk oh. in my head first, literally oh. in a monologue to hear it and then say it. I need to do that. <laughs> I will fill up five journals before I share an opinion on anything. And I like, I have to write it all out. And, and yeah, that's what I got to do. That's the best way to go, probably. <laughs> it's I mean, exhausting. I would, I would probably it's, go I, with. It's terrible. <laughs> no, it's good because then by the time you're ready to say the thing, you like, you can stand behind it. Whereas I will say a thing and be like, I once, I once told someone that I, I didn't get the hype about Timothy Chalamet. And I don't feel that way at all. But in my rush, <laughs> in my rush to agree and be liked, and and they were saying it, so I went, "Oh my god!" Right? Like external whoop. processor. Foolish, foolish, foolish. And, and and then it still bothers me to this day. It happened long ago at this point. But I, I like <laughs> Timothy. If you're listening, dude, you're talented. Okay, don't ever. It happened give up. long ago. It Timothy Chalamet, like nine. <laughs> Well, it happened long ago. I don't know. It feels like long ago for me. It it happened this year. I I've never seen him before. Dune, and he looked like a small child. He's a he's a he has a very young looking face, and but I he he is my age or a year younger than me. He's oh. like twenty five or something. But Timothy, if you're listening, dude, you're talented. Okay, don't give up. If you have made it to this hour and twenty four <laughs> minute mark, God bless you. <laughs> They're going to cut a lot today. of this out in editing, I'm sure. Yes, he's, he's 25. He's 25. Well, but I think now it's a note. good time to uh, <laughs> to talk about our sponsor. Um, this podcast <laughs> was made possible by Squarespace. Uh, they're running a Cyber Week deal. You can get 50% off your first template. Uh, you can also get a free domain name if you go register now. Uh, use <laughs> our promo code. Yeah, um, Tanner, can you hit him with that, that code That was real a quick? really the, good the grace effect. There, uh, the grace effect is the promo code. <laughs> I've just heard Squarespace ads so often. Grace Cadets is our Grace code. Cadets. Yes. Use the promo code Grace Cadets. <laughs> also, this promo is not real. What if people start yeah, trying don't. to sign up for Squarespace <laughs> with Grace Cadets? And Squarespace is just like, what? Because you know they'd take it. Like, right? they would not sign you up. Yeah. <laughs> we all of a sudden retroactively get a sponsor because enough people sign up with our fake promo code. For Squarespace. So I they're like, you know what? Squarespace, this one goes out to you.
You've been listening to Some Assembly Required with Grace Vaughn.